Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is such an important topic. It's helping order takers become value sellers. I am thrilled to have Stacey Blair, who is regional manager at New Res for Consumer Direct. Prior to that, Stacey was with TIAA and was a founding member of Everbank. Hi, Stacey. Pat, how are you? We're good. Uh, this is a great topic, but before we start and jump into it, let's talk about how you got into mortgage banking and managing and uh, share that with everyone today. Sure. Probably like a lot of one, folks, I was looking for a job after college. Friend's dad was an executive with a mortgage company, and he asked me if I'd ever thought about working in mortgage banking. And of course, my answer was yes. It'd been a lifelong dream to do that. But unfortunately, I had to go home and quickly research what it even was and found some quick uh, information on Fannie and Freddie. And uh, that kind of started my, my career in, uh, in mortgage banking. So how did you get into managing? Again, probably like a lot of folks, I, uh, I thought it was at the time the quickest uh, way to make more money and got a better parking spot at the uh, at the company that I was at. But it's serious, I, I re- always enjoyed working with people and taking more of a leadership role. So for me, it was an easy transition to take on the more responsibility. What was the best advice that you ever received on this topic? Pat, I think this is something that, you know, I, when I was thinking about some of this, I I really think one of the best pieces of advice was given to me was to strive for respect from your employees, not likability. And I think uh, a lot of time, especially new supervisors uh, and frontline leaders tend to focus too much on do their employees like them. And I think when you when you go down that path, it's a pretty dangerous one and a slippery slope. And so, you know, my mentor always said, strive for respect. You know, if the other happens, if they do like you, that's great. But as long as you have your respect of those employees, they're going to work hard for you. And, you know, that's a good place to be in. Were there books that you read or were there things you would recommend for our listeners today that really helped you in this issue? There's there's quite a few books that are out there that I've read through the years. I think one of my favorite is Maximum Leadership. It was by a gentleman named uh, Charles Farkas. And a newer, more recent book that I've read a lot on uh, leadership and in, in more of a modern setting, I think, is Team of Teams by General McChrystal, which I think uh, gives a, in today's environment, gives a lot of how you can look at things differently in an ever-evolving society. So I would recommend both of those when you look at uh, leadership and management styles. Well, they're both great choices, which leads me to my next question. You know, what, when you look over your career, I mean, you've been in mortgage banking a long time. What was your greatest victory in your career? That other than just keeping a job all these years, I think <laughs> the other thing that uh, has been important to me past just, uh, you know, my own personal job and being able to grow and develop within great companies like Everbank and and now new res is to see the employees that have worked for me. A lot of those started in entry level positions and have not only achieved a, a seeing them achieve financial success, whether it's uh, being a loan officer on commission and, and taking advantage of the market and opportunities that were presented, but also seeing 
a lot of those team members really grow as they become frontline leaders and in some cases now executives throughout the industry and and so i've always seen that as a as a personal that uh, almost a personal legacy that if you can bring people in develop them create a culture that they feel like they can grow in watching those people from the side and feeling like you had a small part to that has been a big part to what i perceive as success in my career I mean, that's a great compliment really to you for sure. So when you look on the reverse side, what's the greatest lesson that you learned in your career? I'll kind of focus on two things, Pat. I think stay humble and appreciate the opportunities that this industry gives us. I think it's easy to get caught up in, you know, some of the great financial opportunities we have and think that a lot of that is just us. And, and, and again, I don't want to minimize that it does take a lot of hard work, it does take a lot of, uh, you know, learnings and, and appreciate that. But at the same time, I understand that we're very fortunate to be in this business that allows us these opportunities. So I think keeping that in perspective is one of the things I always encourage people. And then the other piece, and especially with a lot of my career in our direct-to-the-consumer call center origination, is I really have always tried to stress it's not just numbers. And I think as we all talk about numbers and we're very numbers-oriented business, we can't forget that there's a client on the other end of every one of those loans. And even when those loans don't work out the right way, when the customer withdraws, cancels, or unfortunately we have to deny loans, always keep in mind that there's somebody on the other end. And I've always tried to encourage everyone to treat them like a family member. And how would you, you know, want your family member to be treated on those? And I think uh, sometimes it's very easy, especially in these fast-paced environments today, to lose sight of that consumer on the other end of the call. So when you look at this topic, which I'm so glad that this is one that you're going to talk about, helping order takers become value sellers. Obviously, in our present market, we're just inundated with business, but this issue always surfaces uh, when the business turns the other way and the order takers now are having difficulty. Talk about what you have done with those types of individuals. Well, I think, first of all, Pat, one of the things that if there's anything that gives us uh, experience in the business to know that these cycles that you just talked about will come just like a couple of years ago when I heard people say there'll never be another refi wave. I kind of smiled uh, because I believe there always will be another wave. Now, how big when it happens, I certainly never will predict and, you know, or try to guess on it. But we work in a, a business that has pretty drastic cycles. And so I think, you know, one of the things I always taught to employees about, I always talk to team members, other leadership, is that, look, it will slow down. It will speed up again. There are seasonal adjustments. Mm -hmm. There's going to be waves of purchase and and refi. And I I think it kind of goes back to a little bit when you talk about value providers as understanding that you do want to slow down. And it goes back to that client. You know, if, if you rush through things and don't present the options correctly, it's the client that's negatively impacted by that. So, you know, one of the keys is just slow down, you know, treat every call, treat every lead as it's the only one you're going to get today. When you start thinking about those things differently, you're almost by default going to add more value to the client because of that. I always 
talk about presenting multiple options. That becomes even more difficult in today's world because a lot of times the consumer is very quick to say, I want to take my 30-year fixed that's at a rate of X and the market today is Y and that's what I want, a new 30-year fixed. And I always, again, go back to slowing down, present multiple options to the customer. Have you thought about a 15-year fix or a 10-year fix? Or potentially, how much longer are you going to be in the house? There may be other options. Now, if the customer is given the time to look at all of those and goes back to, hey, no, I really want that 30-year, then you've done your job. But I think so many LOs, just especially in today's world, take what the customer says they want. Again, customers don't know all the things that we know about term reduction, the impact of that, what lower rates can mean on a, a shorter term loan. And they take that and they just move forward when it may not have been the best option ultimately for the customer. It also could be an example of just slowing down to review cash out or using the equity in your home to pay off additional debt. Now, again, customer may say, no, all I really want to do is a rate and term. But it's then. Again, as an LO, your job is to present options and, and really be consultative and not just an order taker. Because again, when I think about this topic, I think about the real difference between a customer service you know, representative. A customer presents questions and that rep's job is to answer those and in some way solve what the customer is asking for. I think a, a true value provider in this type of job is somebody who can see past that and position the conversation where the customer isn't being sold into something, but is be, being presented with options that could be more beneficial to them. So Stacy, since you have handled call centers for a long time, do you see this issue different at a call center versus when you're a field rep and you're outside uh, dealing with a customer face-to-face, or do you see it as basically the same issues? Pat, I think it, it's probably a little more pronounced in the call centers uh, because of the velocity sometimes that we expect out of the call center loan officers versus a field representative. There's also, I think, more of an inclination that field representatives typically are coming at things from more a consultative or referral-based. Uh, it could be a prior client. So there's a little bit of knowledge of who they are versus the call centers, which are really more driven to, you know, there's X number of calls, working times. And so there is a a real, you know, conflict sometimes that we as managers have to balance out that we want them to take calls, work leads. We want them to be as efficient as possible, but we also want them to create this environment where you're treating that customer like there isn't a bunch of other calls and a bunch of other things that they have to do today. So it is a real, uh, it is a real challenge. And I think we, as um, you know, whether we're in the, the retail branch, I think there are some things that they could do better uh, when it comes to selling, because I think sometimes they rely too much on the referral partner to kind of sell them into the transaction. And I think uh, for our call center reps, sometimes slowing down and treating it more like a referral lead would yield better results for the consumer and also our conversion of those leads. So when you look at the value-added seller, and are there certain qualities that individual has, or is it really left that obviously you're hiring 
whether it's in a consumer direct or a field rep, those types of individuals who have that potential. Uh, Do you see the order taker as just being a lack of personal traits or is it more of an issue of they just got into bad habits and as a result of all that, especially when you have a refi market and you're having customers come at you left and right, it just becomes really uh, a poor selling uh, methods. I break those into two buckets. I think we, by default, there are good salespeople that have, you know, if you survive the industry over the last four or five years, mm-hmm. I think those seasoned LOs have learned how to sell better. But then fast forward into the environment we've had since February, March, and you can quickly lose a lot of those skills mm-hmm. um, that you had developed. They'll come back to you. Uh, So I kind of see that as a bucket that once the market, it'll take longer than we ever want as managers and leaders, uh, but they will come back to those sound selling policies with reinforcement, additional refresher training, and just a slower environment. But there's also another bucket, uh, probably two other buckets I look at is ones of people that barely survived over the last four or five years and probably never had those skills. And now they're almost being reinforced by these mm-hmm. tremendous market conditions to stay in the business because now they can be just order takers and be successful. You know, so this, it almost creates a uh, success in their head of, well, I knew I didn't really have to do all those things that they were talking about for the last couple of years. I just needed to wait till this next cycle came. So, you know, they come around. And then I think the third bucket is just the new mortgage consultants, long officers that have been hired in the last six months. And they've come into this business and it's been one call after another call. It's been predominantly a rate and term environment. They're just trying to learn systems and processes and kind of their own internal processes of how they want to do business. And and therefore they're being set up almost for failure somewhere down the road or really tough learning lessons down the road because they'll think that what they've been able to do and achieve success will work in the next market. And I think that's where leaders and sales trainers and our platforms have got to really be quick to identify the people that have the right talents, but they just never were forced to use them or even trained on them. I I think in today's world, a lot of these people are being put on the phones with just basic technical and program knowledge just because there's so much business out there. And that makes sense in the short term. But I think we've got to quickly be able to transition into giving them the tools to be successful in the next market. I'm curious, when you say about slowing down, which is actually a great point, how how do you implement that in the individual? In, in other words, what is the methodology that you use that encourages a slowdown approach when the world is whipping around at a rapid speed and volumes coming every which way? Yeah, it's not easy, Pat. I think what you have to do is, again, you just it's constant reinforcing. It's it's things that we can do from our side of really managing the flow of business to a certain level. Now, some of that is it's tough when there's just more than we can handle, but you don't want to over encourage it. I think it's very easy to get into a world of just take calls, just take calls. You know, a lot of what my practice has been is to slow them down again and really focus on those conversion rates. And, and do the side-by-sides, and in this world, it's more of a virtual, but listen to the calls with experienced sales managers, 
have a call plan that they're going through. And really over time, you know, one of the things we really want to put to the LO is to sell their value in the transaction, which helps with all that, right? Mm -hmm. That you're going to be an internal advocate for the client. You're going to be a problem solver. You're going to avoid the black hole, right? Which is what I believe customers are most in fear of working with a lender in, in a more of a direct to the consumer environment where they're scared that somewhere in that process, when something goes wrong, I'm not going to be able to get a hold of the LO, the processor, the underwriter, the closer. Nobody is going to get there. And I think there's a belief in the kind of traditional branch world that that person, because they're local, you know, you, you have less chance of that going on. And, and a lot of times there's a referral partner has vouched for them. And so you've kind of got that. There's a little bit of less of a fear of that. But that's a lot of what we talk about with our LOs is avoid that. Always have quick responses. Even if you don't have the answer for them, make sure that you have a quick response. And again, why are you different? It's not what the company can provide. We all, in a lot of ways, the companies are very similar in what they offer to the customer. When it really comes down to a value provider and someone who can, in my opinion, really sell and be successful in a different kind of environment, it's what you present to the client that's different. You know, what extra steps are you going to talk about? And and we have a lot of different tools that we've talked about with LOs through the years, but it just fundamentally comes down to, do you want that business more than your competitors? And if you do, and you can, you know, translate that to the consumer, in many cases, you're going to earn that business. Well, they're all great comments and certainly words of wisdom. We have only a few minutes left today. What would you like the takeaway to be for the listeners? It's a great time in our industry. And again, I go back to some of my earlier comments. Stay humble about what opportunities we have. I think there's a lot of people in our, our country and, and across the world that are really suffering. We're actually and, and more on that economic side of things, when you look at job losses and disruptions in industry, we're in an industry right now that is on the exact opposite of that. Because of all of those things, we've been put in a position where we can have this tremendous economic opportunity and appreciate it and work as hard as you can to take advantage of the business while at the same time staying humble and thinking about the clients. And ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is is help put our, our clients in a better position. Well, I want to thank you, Stacy, for sharing your thoughts today. And certainly for our listeners, please rate this podcast. Um, go to PetSherlock.com for information about our services and sign up for my weekly sales blog. Thanks so much, Stacy. Thank you, Pat. And again, it was great talking to you today.